You're listening to a podcast from Services Australia. The coronavirus pandemic has been like nothing we've seen before. It has had massive impacts on jobs, schooling, income, friendships. All of this means that families are facing pressures and tensions they've never had to deal with before. With the combined stresses of long-term lockdowns, financial vulnerability, uncertainty over long-term accommodation, homeschooling, and without the ability in a lot of cases to go to your usual supports like the broader family and friends, these have been very challenging times for partners and families. G'day, my name's Hank Jongen, General Manager with Services Australia. In this latest podcast in our coronavirus series, we're going to move a bit away from our usual focus on financial issues and look at some of the relationship issues facing families at the present time. We'll also look at some of the support that's out there to try and help people live the best lives possible with positive and respectful relationships. To do that, I'm joined by Justin Bott, an expert from the Financial Information Service, and Andrea Mills, one of the agency's social workers. Now, if you've listened to some of our other podcasts that you can find on our website at mediahub.servicesaustralia.gov.au, you'll have heard me speaking with Justin before. So before we start, let's take this opportunity to meet Andrea and find out what a Services Australia social worker does. Hi, Andrea. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Hank. Thanks for having me today. So tell us a bit about yourself and, of course, your role as a social worker within Services Australia. So I've been a, a social worker with Services Australia for 11 years now. Um, I originally started my social work journey um, with Wesley Mission for a very short period of time in the homeless sector. And then prior to that, I um, was really privileged to be able to um, do my uni placements over in Brazil, working in the favelas and also with an amazing organisation called Project Respect in, in Melbourne. So the reason why I really enjoy being a social worker because I always wanted to be in a space where I can support people and to and to help them. I know it can sound like a little cliche, but um, it's definitely something that has drawn me to this profession, and it is very very rewarding to you know to to really be able to able to help people and to be able to help them on their journey and get really positive outcomes for them. You've obviously got a great depth of experience to draw from. Can you just give us a little bit of an insight of as to what your day actually looks like? Um, my day is is actually quite quite varied. You know, I work with people going through many different types of, I guess, personal challenges or experiencing, you know, situational stresses. Um, it could be uh, I could work with young people who are no longer living at home to someone experiencing, you know, family and domestic violence or someone going through a, a separation, for, for example. Um, 
and I guess some of the main work that 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 I do is, you know, mainly like short-term counselling with someone, crisis intervention, um, providing them with with information and advocacy, and even referrals for for extra support. There's really never a dull moment, to tell you the truth, Hank. And and I know that some of the issues that you uh, uh, deal with are family and domestic violence, relationships issues. And I think it's important to say that, uh, as you, as we know, relationships will always have difficulties along the way, and that this doesn't mean there is necessarily a problem. You know, it boils down to the fact that no one's perfect. Uh, so I guess really, um, what are the signs of a healthy relationship? Yes, that's right. Just because you're having an argument, it does not mean an unhealthy relationship. Sometimes opposite is true. And that not discussing issues we are feeling is actually the unhealthy part of this. You know, healthy relationships are commonly based on respect, letting each other have a voice, trust, you know, um, open communication, both, um, you know, understanding about each other, honesty and and care. So, um, and sometimes it's some other things could also be enjoying shared experiences with each other too. Can I yes. tell you, uh, yes. something really resonated with me. You said um, it, it, having an argument doesn't mean an unhealthy relationship, okay? Uh, from my own personal perspective, my partner and I bicker every day. Mm -hmm. But in, uh, in 40 years, it's meant we've never had a major argument. Mm. <laughs> so people look at us and say, God, how do they get along there forever? But we do it through a process of bickering <laughs> rather oh, <laughs> Absolutely. It's but you obviously feel quite comfortable in that space while sometimes there's a real negative connotation around argument and and or being assertive, you yeah. know, so as soon as someone can feel comfortable that if their partner is doing something that they don't agree with or they might be finding uh, annoying, for example, they can go, hey, babe, <laughs> can you please stop doing that? You're driving me crazy. Can you put the clothes in the clothes basket you know <laughs> it's also but it's also interesting how you could have that whole dynamic hank of a couple doing that yep. way that is unhealthy yes um, and oh, it is destructive sure. and it looks almost exactly the same yeah. as you and your partner but um you know because you've got all the other things that you got there the respect and the trust and yeah. the communication and the equality because you've got all those things in play, that means that you know what's going on and you know that this is this is fine and there's no indication of any problems there. Exactly. I, I, I keep thinking back because only last weekend we were at lunch at my mother's place and we were doing our usual routine and mum turned to me and said, I wish you two would stop arguing. arguing. And both of us in unison said, we're not. <laughs> This is our communication style. Right. We're comfortable and we feel safe because that's what it's about. It's feeling safe. It's feeling safe to know that that you can be yourself with your partner and you're going to have bad days and you're going to, you know, yeah, yeah. they're going to have bad days and sometimes you're going to yell at each other and sometimes you're going to get annoyed at each other. But there's always respect there and you can – and that person is not going to then be, you know, put you down or become violent because you yeah. expressed yourself or 
you know, wanted them to put their laundry in, in the um in the laundry basket. Like, you know. <laughs> so yes. Services Australia has a number of podcasts that cover all sorts of issues about living with the coronavirus pandemic. You can find them at mediahub.servicesaustralia.gov.au or wherever you find your podcasts. So, Justin, if we could turn to you, financial pressures can lead to conflict at home and COVID-19 has led to employment and accommodation insecurity. Um, Are there any tips or tricks that might help reduce that financial pressure? Yeah, so I think some of the first things we've got to look at is we've, we've have we actually made sure we've got all the income that we can, um, that we're qualifying for everything that we could? Meaning, have you claimed everything that you should get from Services Australia in particular? And one of the things that's changed with the reduced rates of JobKeeper and the increase in the income test for JobSeeker is that there's going to be people now who are more than before eligible for both payments. So if you find that there's an income difficulty, if you had that income reduced, then we would always encourage you, lodge lodge an application for payment from us. You can do it all online. Lodge an application for payment from us because you're not going to know that you're eligible until you actually lodge the claim. It's the only way that you find out for sure whether you're eligible or not. So other things that you should be doing with Services Australia in particular is updating your estimates. So if you're receiving family tax benefit for the kids or childcare subsidy, those rates are based on your estimated income. You've had a reduction in income because of these changes. Make sure those estimates are updated. Also, if you've got kids from a previous relationship, there might be some maintenance involved, some child support. That's going to be based on both you and the other parent's income. Again, make sure you've given updates to those estimates as well. So that's with Services Australia. Outside of Services Australia, let's look at accommodation issues. So we've got a mortgage. Have you looked at it recently? Have you renegotiated your mortgage? We're dealing with some really historically low interest rates right now. They are rates that nobody's ever seen before. If you haven't given your mortgage a fine tune, now is absolutely the time to do that. So there may well be a better deal out there for you to get that interest rate down. And looking at a practical issue, you know that a lot of people know what they're doing with their big costs, their big expenses. But a practical issue that people don't necessarily realise is actually where does their cash go? So I know I use my credit card and everything to cover my council rates or my rent or my groceries. And then I pay it off fully at the end of each month, so I don't have any interest. But I put $50 of cash in my wallet on Monday, and by Friday, that $50 is gone, and I don't know where. And if you do that for an entire year, that's actually quite a lot of money when it's added up, and I don't actually know where all that money has gone. So one of the things you can do is that you get yourself a little book, and we'll call that book your spending diary, and it's to track your cash. So every time you spend cash out of your wallet, write that down in the spending diary. Bought a newspaper, spending diary. Bought a coffee, spending diary. Bought some chewing gum, put it in the spending diary. And all of that will just give you an idea of where your money is actually going. Now, that's not to say you don't have your coffee and it's not to say you're not allowed to buy a newspaper, but it might give you an idea of, oh, you know, I I didn't actually realise I was spending so much on this stuff. And that might mean that I can, uh, I might be able to do a bit of a behaviour change that goes on there 
that will allow a bit more money to be saved that could be used for other things. And all of that is to try and make a bit more cash available, ease some of those financial pressures, ease the strain on relationships so that you're dealing better with your partner and doing dealing better with the kids. And Andrew, of course, with all these pressures, um, it's inevitable that some relationships will start getting stressed. What are some of the signs of a relationship under stress and what can we do about that? Oh, absolutely. So just firstly, stress is a is a normal part of um of, of a relationship. And you know, it, like it doesn't always feel, you know, nice and it's and it can feel, you know, terrible because it does impact so many aspects of of ourselves, but also the impact on the other, you know, maybe our children or or our um or our partner. But it's not an indicator that we have an unhealthy relationship, you know, and some of the signs to be aware of is that we might become moody or irritable. You might you might see that you just start arguing over little things that would generally not, you know, bother you. Um, you might find that um, there's communication breakdowns within, within the relationship um, or with other people and that can cause, you know, further frustration of feeling like you're not being heard. Um, you might start blaming each other for, for what's going on, um, you know, and anger might just build up with, within, you know, within the relationship. And just to be aware, you know, it's, it's, this is, um, you know, these can be resolved and, and they can be resolved with respect and honesty and, you know, having some compassion for each other while you're going through, you know, stressful times because we all deal with stress very, very differently. Um, and a really positive thing is to know that sometimes we can't resolve uh, maybe conflict or stress within our relationship and we can reach out to other services um, that can provide some, you know, some support for us. So there's there's plenty of organisations out there that are free and um, easily um, easily able to be accessed and they help men and women going through all levels of relationship stress, um, even after separation, if, if it came to that. So you have uh, Relationships Australia. Um, their number is 1300 364 You've got the Family Relationship Advice Line, their number is 1-800-050-321. Uh, men's line, their number is 1-300-78-9978. You've got Kids Helpline and their number is 1-800-551-800. There are other services as well where you can talk. Um, these are services that you can talk um, about what, you know, what's happening um, with your, you know, with your relationship with yourself. Um, and there's also some services that we're going to talk a bit, um, talk about a bit uh, later on that are more to do with mental health. There's no doubt relationships are complex. And, um, you know, if you avail yourself of these services, clearly there's just not one solution that fits all. Um, if you're going to do this, what traits should we be looking for in ourselves for this sort of counselling to be successful? Yeah, so really going into um, really going into these these services or counselling with um, openness, 
honesty, a willing to change, willingness to change, trust and vulnerability. Um, because sometimes we have to go quite deep, you know, within ourselves to, you know, truly understand the complexities of, you know, what's happening. So Justin, if a customer's done all you've already suggested, but is still in financial difficulties, what else is out there for them to get their finances back to a healthy place? Okay, so there are two other things they they could do pretty much straight away that might well make a difference and again ease that pressure on the relationship. And the first one, that early access to superannuation that the government's introduced up until the end of this year. So you're able to draw down $10,000 before the 31st of December. So that might be a way that you can get some quick cash to help cover some of those big expenses. But a more permanent solution that might really make a big difference for you is what's called financial counselling. So financial counselling is out there for anybody who wants to improve their financial situation. You can call the National Debt Helpline. Their phone number is 1-800-007-007. So it's the James Bond phone number, 1-800-007-007. Or you can find them at ndh.org.au. And they're there, as I said, for much more of a longer-term behavioural change sort of idea. How, how do I get us long-term out of financial difficulty and into a better place? Justin, in relation to early access to superannuation, uh, you and I have already done a podcast on that subject. And if you're interested, it can be found at mediahub.servicesaustralia.gov.au or wherever you find your podcasts. But in the meantime, I think it would be a good idea if you could tell us some things to consider before choosing to take the money out of your superannuation. Okay. So first of all, to be able to do this, you've got to be an Australian resident and then you've got to be either unemployed or getting an income support payment like Services Australia's job seeker payment or after the 1st of January 2020, 1st of January this year, um, your work hours reduced by 20% or if you're in a small business, your business turnover reduced by 20%. So that's what you need to happen to qualify to be able to get the money into your superannuation fund. Before you do that, there's just two things that we want everybody to think about just to think through before they decide to make the decision to take the money out of super. Now, number one, if you take money out of super now, that money could have grown. If you left it in super, it could have grown, could have got bigger, and we hope it will get bigger with investment returns over the years. So you're going to miss out on all of that possible growth. And what might be a small reduction now could end up being quite a large impact, uh, what might have been a large impact when you actually retire. And the second one is the loss of life insurance and total and permanent disability insurance. So a lot of super funds, not every fund, but a lot of super funds actually have some insurance policies paid for by the fund themselves. So your money, your investment returns, is paying for the premiums of those insurance policies rather than out of your own pocket. If the fund balance gets too low, though, then there's not enough money in your super fund anymore to cover that life insurance or total and permanent disability insurance policy premiums. So they're the things that you could lose if you take too much out of your super and you're not left with a big enough balance. Thanks. Now let's talk about another one of my favourite subjects, the Financial Information Service. Uh, now this is a free service that uh, is provided by Services Australia. Uh, 
But as the name implies, it doesn't do financial counselling, does it? No. FIS or the Financial Information Service is not licensed as financial counsellors. So our role is information. That's the big hint. It's in the title. We're there to just provide information and education. So although we can explain the concepts of budgeting and help you understand it, even show you a couple of budgeting tools that are out there, we can't do what financial counsellors do. We're not able to do that. So you need to go to the financial counselling. Again, you ring that 1-800-007-007, and that will help you find a local counsellor in your area, someone that you can talk to. So if a fees officer provides information, well, what do those counsellors do? Well, actually, they do do quite a lot. They help manage the debt that you might have. And in particular, they can help you get your finances under control. That's their main purpose. So what they do is if you make that uh, phone number, you ring that phone number, you get in contact with them, they're going to sit down with you and they're going to look through your financial situation. They're going to look at what your income is and what your costs and your debts are. They'll give you advice on how to you can deal with some of your creditors, so how you deal with your banks, if it's mortgages, how do you deal with electricity companies, phone companies, that sort of thing. They can help talk to you about what sort of services those banks and companies might have to help you in a time of financial difficulty. So if you're having difficulty, those banks often have things to help you out. Um, and there are certain circumstances when they'll actually negotiate on your behalf, so they can provide that help as well. And certainly about tell you about what your rights and your obligations are. Uh, and if you need extra help, they can refer you to other support services that are out there. So a financial counsellor can actually help get debt managed, get your debt down. They can move you out of a situation where you're just living with a debt all over your shoulders, so you can't see where you would be able to go. They can help plan out a future for you so you can finally get to a situation where you're free of debt and that whole financial pressure can eventually be gone. Now that can take a while and that can take a lot of work, but they're there to help you through that process. You can do more than ever before using your Centrelink online services or the Express Plus mobile app. To keep everyone safe, Services Australia is encouraging customers to use online and phone services wherever possible. For more information, including guides on how to download and use your MyGov account, go to servicesaustralia.gov.au slash individuals slash online help slash MyGov. Now, Andrea, if we could come back to you, sometimes recovering relationships does require a lot of effort. Um, so what other supports are there to help families that are under pressure? So up until now, we've been really talking about, you know, assistance that's available for, for, for relationships and when we feel our relationships aren't, you know, might, might need a little bit more, more assistance. Um, another, another aspect I think is really important to note here when we're talking about stress is, is mental health. Um, mental health can be really impacted by high stressful situations and it's important that people know to, um, that, that there are supports out there, tailored supports that they can, that they can get assistance from. Um, some of those supports are SANE Australia Mental Health Helpline. And you can um, call them on 1800 187 263. Beyond Blue, their number is 1300 224 636. Youth Beyond Blue, 
their number is 1300 224 636 and Headspace and they can be reached by accessing their website at headspace.org.au. Now, Andrea, regrettably, uh, sometimes relationships do fail. Um, if you're going through a separation or breakup, firstly, of course, it can be messy and painful. Um, but are there any tips to try and ease that experience? Yeah, that's right, Hank. Um, separation can be a really painful and emotional time for for many. Um, some of the tips that I would um, I would suggest would be treat your partner like a business partner. Just try and be respectful and polite when, when discussing, you know, the, the issues at hand. Um, be amicable and reasonable in discussing childcare arrangements. Um, we don't want to put the children in in the middle of you know of, of a messy separation. Um, discuss together amicable ways for divorce, you know, research mediation procedures and discuss the pros and cons together, which is really important. Um, probably one of the most important ones would be get independent legal advice. Know what your rights and responsibilities are um, and definitely make sure it's independent. Um, and also see a counsellor. It can be really helpful. It can help you navigate your emotions and, and how you're feeling and um, help, help you just become more clear about, about the process as well. Um, and probably give each other time and look after yourself. There's also some great resources out there that can be accessed through um, through Relationships Australia. They have a tip sheet called Separating from a Partner um, and also the um, Family Law Court um, has a great website with lots of information on um, also, for example, regarding mediation processes and options. Thank you, Andrea. Now, Justin, of course, from a payment and services perspective, um, there are some requirements, firstly, in relation to Services Australia that you need to work through uh, if you're going through a separation. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. So the payment that people receive are dependent on the, the relationship status. So there are different rates for single people or couples, or there are some payments that are only appropriate for single people or couples. So something like a change in your relationship status can actually have quite a big change in what you're eligible for. So as with all things, whether it be something as big as a separation or as small as a change of bank accounts, you've got to tell Service Australia within 14 days. So if you have unfortunately had to separate, you need to let Services Australia know within 14 days if you're getting a payment or a concession from us. That's going to change everything. We're going to change your sensible income because we're not going to look at your ex's income anymore. So we've got to look at how we look at you as an eligible person by yourself. It's now going to be focused on everything that's in your name or your half or any shared assets. Your partner's not going to be treated as your partner by us anymore. As I said, if you're now single, there might be payments that you weren't eligible for that you're eligible for now. If you weren't eligible because your partner's earning a big income uh, and you weren't, there might be things that you should be applying for now. Absolutely do that. And for children, we talked about looking after the kids from a payment perspective. So you're talking about family tax benefit, which is the payment services Australia makes for children. Now, family tax benefit has the ability to reflect shared care arrangements. So it's not necessarily 100% to one and zero to the other. 
if that's not how your shared care arrangements work. So we can actually divide the payment between two parents, two guardians if you like, as long as one of them has at least 35% care. So if you've got 65, 35% or more, then we're able to share that family tax benefit between those two adults because that's reflective of the time the kids are with each one. Thanks. Look, separations are also not always black and white. Sometimes uh, a couple may decide to separate, but still live in the same home, either because financially they're not able to leave or because they've made the decision that it's good for children to keep stable accommodation for a while. Um, so if two people are still living at the same address, can they be regarded as separated? So this is a really important and really difficult question. So the answer is yes, you can. You, you can live in the same address and be separated. We have this concept called separated under one roof where a member of a couple are no longer a member of a couple, but they still live under the one roof. So the idea is that the relationship has completely broken down and you're living separately and apart, and this is a permanent or an indefinite thing. You're not planning on getting back together. This isn't just a break. We are no longer a member of a couple. But we've got to work that out. As I said, from a Services Australia's perspective, it's actually quite difficult because how am I, as a separated person, different to a normal member of a couple? So no one factor will say that I'm separated or not. Thank you. Andrea, if um, I could turn to you. Um, the one last thing I'd like to talk about is probably the most difficult and sensitive. Um, it is a tragic and unfortunate fact that there are all sorts of people out there who are living with family and domestic violence. Services Australia recognises the impact of family and domestic violence on both women and men. And we stand with other government agencies and departments, as well as community organisations, to support all Australians affected by family and domestic violence. And together we stand against violence in any form. But Andrea, what do we mean by family and domestic violence? And what can it look like? So family and domestic violence is behaviour that is violent, threatening, coercive or controlling, um, and it's intended to cause the family or the household members to be fearful. Um, and the types of behaviours that, that can be present are physical violence, economic emotional or psychological abuse, stalking, um, serious neglect where there is a relationship of a dependent, damage to property, um, sexual assault or sexual abusive behaviour, um, causing injury or death to an animal. Um, it can be things like verbal abuse, spiritual or cultural abuse. I think it's really important also to acknowledge that children and younger people who are exposed to the effects of these behaviours um, is also considered family and domestic violence and can lead to long-term impacts. So you can experience this in many different ways and many different um, dynamics. It's really unique to the individual-like circumstance. Look, one of the things that you mentioned is cultural abuse. Would you mind just clarifying what you mean by that? So spiritual and cultural abuse is, is the abuse of power when, you know, when someone basically uses their their, their power to 
um, not allow someone to practice their own spiritual beliefs and um, and their culture. And this, you know, this can play out in, you know, in many different ways. It could look like very simply like stopping someone from going to um, their, their church where, you know, where they pray or, or something like that. If you or someone you know is in danger or is being threatened, physically hurt or sexually assaulted, call triple zero. I'm very conscious of the fact that this has been a graphic and challenging discussion. If this podcast raises any issues for you, remember, help and advice is available from our social workers. The number to call is 132850. We have another podcast that looks much more deeply and completely into family and domestic violence. If you would like to hear more information about this topic, what it looks like and what support is available, please look at our podcast, Coronavirus Conversations, Living with Family and Domestic Violence. You can find that on our website at mediahub.servicesaustralia.gov.au. I'd just like to thank Andrea and Justin for all of the information they've shared with us today. Please be aware that this information is current as at the time of recording. My name is Hank Jongen. Goodbye for now. You've been listening to a podcast from Services Australia. For more information, visit servicesaustralia.gov.au.